Welcome to Simple Talk, Simple Truth with your host, Renee Maimon. Good morning or good afternoon, folks, wherever you are listening. I'm sure you read the caption to this video, and it sounds kind of funny, but when you're going through an extraordinary waiting process, it's not really funny. And actually, I did ask the Lord one time, Lord, I asked, are you waiting till I put my teeth in a cup? Well, I didn't get an answer. But you know, I want to talk to those who are waiting for a long time. You're certain that God has called you for a specific purpose. And it's beyond years. It's turned into decades. But you know, no matter how many times specific preachers have led us to Abraham or even Joseph, and that's been a prophetic on my life, doesn't really seem to comfort us. It just seems to expound longevity. I'm sure you could agree with that with me. You know, the bottom line is this. What I have needed to really have the realization come into my heart was I had to come face to face with a potter who had me on a wheel. And you know, folks, there were many times I really thought I was ready. But you know, at the end of the day, it's God who makes that final decision. It's not myself. It's not going to be you. For whatever his reasons, he's in control and he knows what he's working on. He knows what he needs to accomplish and for what. And the day comes, I promise, you're not going to have this elaborate thing take off in the sky or you know, and, and maybe that's happened to a few people where a certain door has opened. And for others, those bigger doors open after a more humble beginning. But you'll have this sense within you, or at least I had, when the time came to begin walking through the door. And I know I had been called to be a spokesperson on his behalf many years ago. When I got saved at the age of 22, I absolutely loathed the idea of speaking. It just didn't seem to be part of me or something that I was interested in doing. And one time I was at a Christian meeting. And there was a testimony that God wanted to share and I, or wanted me to share. I couldn't get away from it. And I found myself walking to the front and speaking. And from early on, whenever he's led me to do that, it seemed as though people remembered the words that I'd spoken for even years afterwards. It stayed with them. And you know, that's a work of the Holy Spirit 
Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And it's remarkable. But it was something I didn't think was going to take place in my life. And that was when I was 22. In a few months, I'm going to be 60 years old. And there were jobs and certain things that the Lord had me do throughout these years. Most of those years were nothing but trials. Some of them were very serious trials. As the Lord leads, I will share through the audios of some of these things, which I'm sure you would be able to relate to. But I had always wondered, you know, when is the second half of the Joseph revelation going to come to fruition? And at this point in my life, it was probably about a year ago that I began to read passages in Ecclesiastes and other areas, even through the prompting of my son. Because, you know, you had wait, you wait so long, and then you just think you're still in the waiting, and you're still going to continue in the waiting. It's been decade after decade after decade. And for the past year, I've been prompted, you know, you need to begin speaking. You need to begin speaking. You need to begin speaking. But being so used in the waiting, I still found myself sitting. And then it dawned on me, the beginning of this Jewish New Year, it was very clear to me that I needed to begin sharing and begin speaking. The latest message that I received from the Lord was humility. You must speak with humility. And so I just want to encourage those that have been waiting for a long time and you've been frustrated uh, with the Lord and wondering when and where and how and, you know, how many times reaching out and it just seemed like you were sort of pulled back again. That's for a reason. It's for a reason. But I can promise you that when the Lord gives you a your purpose, he shows you your purpose. And even at times unfolds some of your future. And you've got that in your mind's eye planted by the Holy Spirit. That's something to hold on to. And you know, in many times I've thought about Joseph and the dreams that the Lord had given to him. It's a good thing Joseph wasn't called before his time, because I think he would have been an absolute wreckage in the calling. If you recall the beginning of the description in Genesis, when there is a bit of a his character that is revealed, Joseph was rather cocky and maybe too sure of himself and absolutely comfortable in the favoritism that Jacob had given to him. And in Joseph's mind, no woes were ever going to occur to him. He was protected under his father's favoritism. Boy, there's so much that could be said on this story. 
because we know that Jacob was very much in love with Rachel and had entered into a previous marriage with her sister that had sort of been arranged unfairly by Laban. And so you could just imagine the tones, the undertones in the family. And it was very clear to Leah's sons that their mother was not as cherished, maybe respected, but maybe not as favorite or loved as Rachel was. And so Jacob had his eyes more so on Rachel and the sons of Rachel, which were Joseph and then Benjamin. Well, we know that Jacob goes a step further. And now in the midst of all that sibling rivalry, he gifts him with a coat, a specially made coat. And to the point that it just set off such a rivalry that his brothers couldn't take any more and literally wanted him out, completely out of the picture. But what I want to focus on is Joseph's character at that time. And these traits were going to absolutely derail the calling on his life. And I'm not saying you and I have those specific traits, but the ideal behind that is simply not being ready to walk into the calling. Really, folks, you'd rather be prepared and ready for the calling than be embarrassed that in the act of the calling, going in too soon, not being prepared, and that whole thing toppled down by the wrong character or doing the wrong things. We've seen some of those that have started out well, whether it was their timing or not, we don't know. But we've seen fall from grace. And boy, I tell you, that is a stigmatism that will last till the day that person passes on. There's more sympathy and compassion by those who have an understanding when that person makes a comeback. But people don't seem to forget how drastic somebody can fall and not only hurt themselves, but many people, which can tarnish somebody's faith, maybe in God, maybe not knowing what to believe, but those that they admired and needed in their life to show the way, to point the way, and to be on a good direction only to find out all these things that were really going on behind the curtain, you know? So consider that when you think about this, because we're still human and there could be a rise in pride and pride is a forerunner of a fall. So we have to be so careful and to avoid the embarrassment of a fall from grace or something to that effect. If you're in the weight 
embrace the fact that your heart may be tender enough that you really want to perform and be ready and trust God's guidance, that you will be able to maintain on the plateau he needs you to be on and not falling for wealth or pride, arrogance, cockiness, whatever the the weaknesses are in the flesh. So, you know, there was a big job that Joseph had to do. And in his state of mind, where he was at the time when he was sold off, he had those negative traits within him. And I tell you, it's just really something. We read how when he received those visions or dreams from God about what was going to take place in his life. Can you imagine? He was already favored by Jacob, and now he's got these two dreams. And one of them were when the sheaves representing his brothers bowed down to him. The second dream is where the sun, the moon, and the stars are giving homage to him. Now, he had no idea what that was really talking about. In Egypt, they have all the different gods. And the homage that was going to take place and did take place was the Lord's revelation of a, of a, uh, a prosperity and then a famine that was going to happen. And the bowing down of the sun, the moon, and the stars were actually the beliefs that the Egyptians had that where these soothsayers or whatever uh, the people Pharaoh relied on for future foretelling had fallen to the wayside and where those beliefs in those gods took the back seat to the Lord's revelation through Joseph of what was going to transpire, the foretelling the accuracy of what was going to take place in Egypt and in the whole world. So that's what that dream meant when the sun, the moon, and the stars were going to bow down or did bow down in that dream to Joseph. But because he had been so highly favored and already knowing him, knowing the tensions of his brothers, uh, he didn't think twice about sharing those dreams. You would have thought he'd been a little bit more careful, maybe just simply going to his father. But he told his brothers, and it was at that point, coupled with the coat he received, that they had had enough with him. And so things became, they had become very, very difficult for Joseph, being pulled away and the mishaps and not knowing if he would ever see his father alive again. And so in that entire process, you see, some of these traits God had to do away with. He was God's man. He wasn't more special than the other brothers, but he was God's choice pick for a job that he had to do. And so these are all... Uh, eternal purposes that are coming to pass 
in our world here at specific times for different purposes. And it all goes back to him. So he knows what he needs to remove and he knows what we need to gain in the process to fulfill a calling on our life. So for me, it's been almost 40 years. And not to say it's going to take almost 40 years for you. It's going to take as long as God needs. I don't know that. You may not know that unless he lets you know that. And you're going to have frustrations from time to time. You're going to see others going forward. You'll see those that were ready. You'll have to have the right heart. You've seen those that kind of messed up in their calling. And let me tell you, let me leave this with you to help you here. You know, try to reflect back a little bit. I'm sure there's times, at least once, where you have listened to somebody speaking, maybe on a platform or a teaching or something, and something goes off inside of you, and there's a check in your spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit, because God is the ultimate shepherd who protects his sheep, and he may reveal something about that particular teacher or maybe even a prophet or even a pastor that's not sitting right. And more than likely, because God is so long-suffering, he could have been striving with that particular person on getting that one area right, and that person is not willing to give in. But because God is the ultimate shepherd, and you have the same Holy Spirit in you as all others who have received the Holy Spirit, and you sense the Holy Spirit uh, telling you that something isn't right. Okay, he's faithful. He's very faithful. So what's the point I'm trying to make here? What I'm saying is you don't ever want to be in the forefront, and the Holy Spirit has to warn your listeners about something that you're not bending in the direction that God is trying to get you to go. And sometimes that could be pride. It could be stepping out before you were ready or, or whatever the case may be. You would rather make sure you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. In my case, I think the Holy Spirit's been nudging me for the past entire year. Uh, but I wasn't quite moving yet because I was becoming comfortable and complacent in the waiting. You know, when you're waiting so long, it, it just, you say, uh, I don't think so. Uh, maybe not yet. You know, um, and it took a prompting over and over and over and over and over. Hey, it's time. It's time. Uh, I don't really, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I'll just wait till it's really, I'm really sure. I'm really sure. You know, the Holy Spirit may be, you know, come on, I need you to speak. I need you to speak. I need you to speak. Well, Lord, I, I need you to move in further. You know, just becoming so complacent in the way, being extra careful, maybe, which is what I think I had done. But even with that, uh, God's timing is, is uh, still amazing. 
And uh, I finally began to see it his way. I'm going to stop there. I think you know where that's going. And, uh, and say a prayer on your behalf, who's ever listening. Uh, just, just be a little patient, if you can, in the process. You know, because let me just, before I pray, say one more thing, okay? We know it's not easy going through the process, and, and we need the relief. And the relief does eventually come. You know, there's two parts to that, Joseph. And and there's also, whether you're called or not, and you're to live the Christian life in this world, and whatever our calling is, this thing of reaching the top, folks, you've reached the top when you met Christ. It doesn't get any further above that. Because then it looks foolish. You reached the top when Christ came into your life. That's the top. Any other top you want to be careful is not some earthly longing. Because I've seen the humility of the stable and I've seen the hierarchy. And I was not comfortable with the hierarchy. You've got a mixture in some of these places. And I longed to be back in the stable, in the simplicity of Christ and his work, where the power is. That's where the power is, is in the stable. So no matter what job or responsibility or calling you have, remember two things. You've reached the top when you've accepted Christ in your life. That's number one. Number two, stay in the stable because that's where the power is. It's right there. And it's simplistic. It's meek. There's humility there. And the more and more you turn over to him, the more he becomes visible and there's less of you. You're safer going in that way when you do finally need to go forward because you never want the Holy Spirit to have to warn your listeners of things that, things within your character that are not lining up with him. I hope that's making some kind of sense. So anyway, I want to pray, Lord, for the people that are listening, for the people that have gone through so much and they're tired. You know they're tired. You know they're hurting. But even still, you know how to mend and mold. You break and yet you restore. You know what you're doing. You know what each soul requires. And you're a mastermind with that. 
I thank you, Father God, for your existence, because where would we be if you were not there? And I just thank you for the, the marvelous things that you have planned for each and every one of your people. We're just passing through here, and each day your realm becomes more and more real. And for those that are older, like myself, and we've had to say goodbye to so many pillars of the family, and our age itself, we're not going to be here forever. And for us that are older, I pray, Lord, that you bring joy and that we can live in that state of expectancy and be diligent about the work that we have because actually our time is, is numbered. Even if it's 20 more years to go, for others it could be 30. And Lord, for those that are younger, help them too, Lord. Let them be fixed in their heart that you have great things in store in your realm. And that I pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in their lives and that each day once we're saved is a day where we're walking already in eternity help them to be conscious daily of your existence and that whether they feel you or not that they know and it's planted in their heart and minds that you're with them everywhere they go. And so, Lord, I, I hope this is a revelation to them to know that you're going to fulfill the purpose that you have in their life. And nothing, nothing or nobody will be able to stop it. In Jesus' name. Amen.